Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Fitness Candor podcast. I am joined today by Paleo Castle, half of the creative team of Paleo Castle, Mark Whelan. Uh, What Paleo Paleo Castle is, it's basically, you know, if you have issues, I'm sure most people have heard of the Paleo diet by now, and I hate calling it a diet, but that's, you know, that's what it's coined as. So if you've ever tried it, if you've ever looked into it, you probably thought to yourself that it's super daunting, uh, might be really hard to stick to or to start, let alone you have no idea where to start. What's paleo? What's not paleo? Uh, what goes along with that lifestyle? Basically, what uh, Mark has done is he's created this uh, program that's specifically designed to show you the ropes, um, more or less a step-by-step process of how to start and to stick to a paleo a lifestyle. I'm going to drop the word diet because the diet, I hate that word. (laughs) It's like, it's basically the equivalent of the F word to me. So, um, (laughs) but anyway, without further ado, Mark, I appreciate you jumping on the call. I know there's a pretty big time difference here, so it's much appreciated, sir. No, no problem at all. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here, Eric. It's my pleasure. So paleo is something that, that I've been involved with for nearly a decade. Uh, the way I learned about it was obviously, you know, being in the health health and fitness industry doesn't hurt, but uh, getting into podcasts, Rob Wolf's podcast really kind of broke broke the mold for me in terms of listening to podcasts, also uh, getting into the paleo diet. So that's kind of where my my interest in this whole clean eating, you know, primal paleo type of lifestyle uh, was introduced. So I uh, Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and and your team and uh, how you got into this whole paleo lifestyle. Yeah, so it, it's by the sounds of things, you've actually been doing it longer than I have. Um, I only really got into the paleo diet about five years ago, um, mostly through Mark Sisson. Are you familiar with Mark? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, I have a lot of his products here at home, like from the Primal Kitchen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, most most of what I learned was um, originally from him, um, but yeah, I mean, the way I kind of fell into the paleo diet was um, it was more through Emily, who, as you mentioned, is the other half of Paleo Castle. Um, Emily was we both had pretty uh, unhealthy diet and lifestyles um, back in college and um, and university, um, and yeah, so. Basically, I didn't have a big disturbance in the same way that a lot of people do. Um, so I wasn't, I was on the lookout for something. I always wanted to be, you know, fitter and healthier and stuff like that. But I didn't have the big impact moment. It was more just that we were getting sick and tired of feeling like crap. Yeah. And Emily in particular was really suffering with this unhealthy lifestyle. And so anyway, one day my brother was talking about this paleo diet and I was kind of half listening. Like I said, I didn't really have this drive. And Emily picked it up and ran with it, uh, did some more research and started talking to me about it. And I'm always fascinated about anything about how 
you know, our behavior, um, our behaviors, the things we do, all derived from our ancestral past. And so this idea that the way we're living in the modern day, um, being so different from how our hunter-gatherer ancestors lived, um, is the cause of so many problems for us. Um, I, I really took to that idea and I really wanted to learn more. And so we experimented by having just one paleo meal. I think it was, you know, some beef or something, like some really fatty meat with yep. a ton of butter and vegetables. And I just remember eating that meal and waiting for the food coma to hit afterwards, you know. <laughs> and I waited and waited and waited and just nothing came. And I was absolutely amazed. So, yeah, from there, you know, I carried on experimenting and really just yeah my energy exploded i felt amazing it was like it was like i'd been let in on a big secret and you know that i could have bacon i could have steak i could have butter and not only were they gonna not detriment my health they were gonna help me so the whole um it really exploded for me there i just dived into everything i started attending seminars i started talking to more people reading all the books that i could and from that moment on, I, I was doing law at university and I was already very disillusioned with that. And yeah. this this secret that had been revealed to me, I just thought, you know what, this is what I got to roll with for now. I'm going to try and just spread the message about this and that'll probably be a lot more gratifying. And it, you know, it, it has been as well. It's uh, now that I'm coaching people one-on-one, -on -one, um, it, it's very gratifying to be able to reveal this secret, if you will, and be able to help people with it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot of people get into it that way where, um, you know, they'll try like a meal or two, maybe breakfast or lunch or something. And the first thing they think like, there's no way. Uh, why Why can I eat bacon? Like this does not make any sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we've been fed this kind of bill of goods that, you know, the a healthy breakfast is something that out of a box like Cheerios and milk mm. and, you know, all of these you know, Pop-Tarts and stuff like that, which, you know, the grab and go thing—it's it, just as easy to grab and to to grab and go with something, um, quote unquote, paleo or clean than it is anything out of a box. I mean, well, yeah, the, yeah. The, the mentality of of it just takes time and effort. Yeah, it does. But when you get it down, you can kind of get it down to a science and really make it your own. Yes. Yeah. So can you can you jump into a little bit more about how it really affected Emily in terms of her overall health? Because I know that. Now you mentioned her being, um, maybe seeing it or diving into it a little quicker than you. Yeah, well, um, Emily's, you know, she's more determined than I am, let's say. <laughs> okay. If she gets something in her head, she will really just go for it. She will put everything into it. You can, you can leave her and then come back in 24 hours and she'll be an encyclopedia on that subject kind of thing. So um, I, I think the main thing, she was having a lot of, you know, even if we'd so much as travel somewhere yep. um, and she'd have a, I think it was a blood glucose problem. I think that was the main thing. I think also the grains, there's a lot of links towards um, kind of like anxiety and stuff like that. When she was eating a lot of grain based foods, it was kind of making her more anxious and um, yeah, just the, physically as well. And um, whenever we would go to, um, say again like the main one that sticks out for me is whenever we would travel anywhere and she would have anything that wasn't completely normal for her body that would always upset her stomach and she would vomit and you know it would turn the weekend into a pretty bad time right um yeah so i mean basically paleo was the only thing that 
you know, we, we tried uh, alkaline, the alkaline diet first because she was just looking for something to help her to feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, alkaline didn't really do the trick. I mean, it helped a lot because we cut out a lot of the really obvious junky stuff. But it didn't really do, it wasn't really what we were looking for, um, or rather what she was looking for. Um, and yeah, so again, I mean, now that, you know, I, I've been paleo for a long time, and I've been involved in the industry for a long time. I've seen so many of these stories of people just curing themselves with paleo and becoming so much fitter and healthier. And, and but at the time, yeah, it was it was absolutely amazing that just her blood sugar problems went away. And she still kind of has to manage that sometimes, um, but not when she's eating strict paleo. Um, her skin cleared up. Yep. And um, I mean, this is her testimony. She said she had thicker, better hair. Um, which is something I've heard quite a lot. Um, you know, we, we could go places and she wouldn't have like an upset stomach. Her gut presumably has improved a lot. Um, you know, we a lot of kind of gut promoting uh, foods, healthy gut promoting foods. You know, your sauerkraut and stuff like that. Kimchi, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was. I think over, she's been going for about four years now, and over those four years, she's had an absolutely dramatic improvement in the quality of her life. I honestly, I, I mean, this is a quote from her, like, she said something to the effect of, I really do not know what I would have done if it wasn't for paleo. Like, it, it really uh, saved her in a lot of ways. Um, maybe, you know, she, she could have come a long way with just eating a generally more natural diet. I don't know what nuance of paleo it was that really, you know, had the dramatic effect. But, yeah, it really did come at a good time for us, especially Emily. You know, the whole, the whole, it, you're probably right. Anybody who's eating, anybody who implements some kind of healthier choice into their quote-unquote diet, their life, is definitely going to improve. It's just like someone who is extremely sedentary and they start walking like a quarter mile a day. You know, like a little bit is going to go a long way, but you're changing not, you know, the, the quality, the quantity, the whole nine yards for, for a person going to paleo completely changes. And then you start to realize what other things fit into the paleo uh, sphere, more or less. And, you know, and then we can talk into, we're talking about sleep and not only nutrition, but exercise and stress level and all sorts of different kinds of things. But without diving into all that first... So how do you approach somebody uh, who comes to you in search of help? What's your, how do you attack that right off the bat? Yeah, so, um, I mean, with, with paleo and with any diet, I think there, there really is no one-size-fits-all. And as you dive further into diet, um, things become a lot more nuanced. So people are coming with conditions they may have already, which affect um, what they can eat and what they can't eat. Um, you know, um, people might, for example, um, I want to give your listeners the kind of simplified version, but different foods, different people do react differently to different foods. Right. That said, most people can incur a lot of the benefits, um, of starting with just cutting out three main things. And that's what I want to start with. That's what I generally start with. I make sure my clients are cutting out these three foods. Um, because whilst there wasn't one paleo diet, we don't know exactly what our specific ancestors ate. We can be sure of what they didn't eat. 
And so those three things are refined sugar, grains, and vegetable oils. And so first of all, I try to um, get my clients around. I mean, sugar, the first one, is a pretty obvious one. There's not many people making an argument that refined sugar is good for us, I don't think. Um, although I, I, I do recall a, um, an advert, I think it was from Coca-Cola. In, I think it's from either the 60s or 70s. I can't remember where I saw this. Um, and the argument on this advert was that sugar can't be bad for us because there are no fat kids. <laughs> and kids eat more sugar than anybody else. Right. So other than that argument, which is a very strong case in point, there are not many arguments for refined sugar. So usually that's a pretty easy one to get people to cut out. Um, only, you know, sugar is literally addictive. But once, if you can get someone to go cold turkey for about a week, those cravings greatly reduce. Um, so next, grains, uh, yeah, that, that's a little more difficult. And that's more contentious. I mean, like, like you said, um, we've always been told whole grains are good for us, right? Right. That's, uh, but, you know, I mean, the thing is, when we eat grains, um, grains have evolved defenses of their own. They want to make it through your gut intact. So um, I, uh, you'll probably be familiar with all this, you know, being a big fan of Rob Wolf and whatnot. Um, but what, what grains do is they puncture small holes in the small intestine. And so this is called leaky gut. Yep. Um, un- undigested proteins leak through into places that they shouldn't be and the body attacks them. And this is the basis for many autoimmune conditions. Um, and not only that, I mean, I mean, there's a host of problems with grains. They're very high carbohydrate, which is something else I'd like to touch on if we have time. Um, they're very high carbohydrate. They're full of phytates, which prevent you from absorbing what little nutritional profile they do have. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to bang on about grains too much. That's the second thing I start by getting people to eliminate um, and that can be a harder one again because you know I had one client for example um, he was talking he said what do you eat for lunch if you don't have a sandwich <laughs> uh, and I'm like you know uh, that's good yeah. <laughs> well I, I gave him a bunch of examples I said you could wrap your food in salad which is never you know I don't love that example to be honest because no one's gonna it, it's not the same as bread right um, well, a whole, I don't mean to cut you off, but, you know, to, to say that, you know, it's not the same as bread, of course not, but the paleo diet isn't the same as what you were doing before. So, yeah, and, you know, totally, in, in yeah. all fairness, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I don't have a problem with that example at all. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a great example. I mean, there's, um, there's no reason, you know, to, to poo poo a, a good turkey, turkey, uh, turkey burger with all of your regular fixings with just between lettuce, you know? That's, that. yeah, no, you're right. And it reminds me of what you said at the beginning about um, how, you know, we're obsessed with this convenience um, of, like, like, for example, one thing I, I like to tell my clients when they complain about something being inconvenient is that there's nothing as inconvenient as your health deteriorating. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, this is your health. I mean, if it's inconvenient, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's it's something that you probably should look after with. If it means more time in the long run with your kids or whatever it is, you know, then that, that's worth it. And better. And better time. Yeah, that's you know, there's a lot better of, time. Exactly. A lot of unhealthy people who eat like shit for, the, for their entire life and they feel it 
every single day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So so back back to the sandwich. Sorry. Oh right. Yeah. So grains. Uh, that that was it. He told me bread was a religion. Uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a struggle. Um, so we have refined sugar bread and uh, sorry, refined sugar grains and vegetable oils. And again, you know, not many people are arguing that these partially hydrogenated fats are good for us. And this is a much more simple switch. Instead of cooking with vegetable oil, I just get clients to cook with, um, if it's a low heat, generally like olive oil or butter. If it's a high heat, um, coconut oil or avocado oil or something like that. You know, lard, tallow, all these fats. Um, it's a pretty easy switch to make. And at the same time, I'm trying to get them off processed foods as well. So you're eliminating a lot of vegetable oils there as well. So they're the big three that I really try to get people to start moving away from. Uh, refined sugar, grains, and vegetable oils. That's yeah, th- and those are you're right. The three the three main things to really look out for. Um, so you mentioned a lot about fats, and for somebody who doesn't understand why um, why more fat and less carbohydrate or refined carbohydrate for that matter, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, of course, and and this is another contentious one I think because. So many proponents of health still eat very high-carb diets. Yep. Um, and I, I honestly think that that is a path to ruin. I, you know, I feel quite strongly about this. Um, so the reason we start to eat higher fat and lower carbohydrate, it's, if you think about it like this, there isn't much storage space in the body. So I, I'm swaying back and forth as I'm talking to you here, Eric. I'm jumping all over the place <laughs> That's here. That's good. Hopefully good. it'll... Uh, Sound okay on the microphone? No, you sound great. Um, oh, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, because there's, there's not that much storage space for carbohydrates in the body. And so we use the energy up pretty quick. And then, um, you know, if you can imagine for our ancestors, this just this wouldn't cut it because they needed to migrate for long periods. Food was scarce. They, they you know, um, they needed a, a better energy source. They couldn't rely on just having a bagel, for example, or, you know, some donuts or whatever it is you have, a juice drink. So, um, basically, because that's what our uh, bodies are designed to do, that's how we evolved, and fat is still the preferred fuel source of the body. So, basically, what I try to do um, as soon as possible is I try to help people come away from eating carbohydrates and um, into becoming what we call a fat burner. Because it takes time for your body to adjust to processing the fat in your body for fuel because it's so used to using the exogenous sources of glucose, the carbohydrates. So it never gets a chance to use your fat stores. Um, So what happens when we drop the carbohydrates and start eating more fat, and this is natural fats, not the partially hydrogenated fats I mentioned earlier. Natural fats such as uh, meat, fish, um, healthy oils, nuts, seeds, coconut products, things like that. when we start eating these, our body starts to build and make more efficient our mitochondria, which uh, organelle that I, some of your listeners may not have heard of, some may be familiar with. Um, and when we build mitochondria, mitochondria's job is basically to process the fat in our fat stores into energy. And so this is good for two reasons. Well, three reasons, really. It's good for um, the fact that it gives us more energy in terms of um, we don't have to we can go all day without having food. I mean, this was another thing when I experienced for the first time, I was really shocked. I realized I hadn't eaten all day and I felt absolutely fine. And that's yep. the way it should be. Right, yeah. Um, obviously, you refuel when you get access to food, but 
it shouldn't be you know a, a, an insatiable need um so that that's number one number two is that you're actually burning your fat it's literal fat loss it's um and this is why this is the best way to shed weight and the third benefit i would add in uh, actually um would just be that I, I think you're avoiding a host of problems to do with eating a, a high carbohydrate diet, um, namely that it puts your body in a state of chronically high insulin levels, which right. uh, can kind of lead to a lot of problems. But it, that's a whole subject in itself, really. It's a, that's quite a big one. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, that, that's that's basically uh, the reason that we try and get people to, you know, I mean, it takes. So something else I should add in there, sorry, is um, that it does take the, a little bit of time for the body to adjust to this, usually about three weeks. So during that three weeks, usually at about the one week mark, um, it's it's not uncommon for clients to get a little bit of carb flu, which are, are you familiar with that, Eric? I yeah. You probably are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so carb flu, yeah, just... It's when you're not eating enough, well, you're not ingesting enough glucose to give yourself energy, um, whilst at the same time you haven't built enough sufficient fat metabolism to use your fat stores for energy. So you kind of fall into a bit of a slump, and um, basically, oh, like if I had someone guiding me through it, carb flu wouldn't be that bad. It doesn't need to be that bad, and not many people even get it that bad, really. Um, but I did three things wrong when I first got carb flu. I... I didn't eat high enough fat. I ate too low carb. I wouldn't allow myself any carbs. And I exercised a lot. And I would recommend against all three of those things. I think it makes it much easier if you um, concentrate on eating a lot of fat. If you concentrate on not, you know, I mean, the thing with carb flu is you start to really despair. You become really existential and you think everything is pointless. And then you eat the tiniest bit of banana and you realize you're absolutely fine. Right. And there's no problem at all, you know. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think I think that's the key, really. Just don't drop the carbs too low. Eat high fat, and the other thing I said, um, don't exercise. Yeah, I advise yeah. clients over not exercise, to exercise, right? Yeah, I mean, walking is fine, but even you know, I I probably advise against even lifting weights. You know, it depends, really. If you're having a a light session, that's probably fine. Yeah. Especially considering people. A lot of people probably don't get too too bad carb flu. So you know, you said during that time, what is that time frame? Are we talking like for the first, if if the car, quote unquote carb flu is going to happen, is that like through the first first week and the fourth week, or is there like a certain time frame that you've seen that happen to people? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, usually after about day four. Do, day four. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's very quick. I mean, and this is. There's always differences. It, it, you know, it's very... One thing that I, I tend to do a lot is I tend to create, you know, I mean, even with this podcast, I'm creating very generalized rules for a very complex issue. Yes. So, you know, it, it's always going to be different. But, yeah, I mean, generally around day four, I would say. Yeah. Okay, that, that makes sense. I mean, that's like probably when your body, if you're doing, you know, true paleo, probably your body's starting to really, like, really get a handle on the adaptations it needs to make. What do you see commonly if someone let's say doesn't drop the amount of cards that carbs um that you'd like to see but they do start consuming more healthy fats is there a consequence to that are they are they gonna 
see the same outcome or have you experienced that? Yeah, I mean, um, to be honest, I, I can't think of any specific examples. In, in my whole time of eating paleo, I've certainly fell into that pattern a little bit, but I, I, I've been adjusted to burning fat for quite some time, so maybe that's not the best example. Yeah. But in, in general, I think that's better than going too low carb. You know, I, I think there are certain things, for example, um, entering into a state of ketosis, uh, intermittent fasting. Yep. I think these things are, are great, but when you are fat adapted, I think, and, and you know, all it means really is that the fat adaption process is going to be slower. Um, I mean, you could speed it up by going really low carb. I, you know, I, I don't think it's the best thing, though, because I think it's, uh, I think it's, <laughs> it, you're just giving yourself a very hard time. So, I actually wouldn't be too opposed to that. Um, and when I'm talking low, I mean, low for me, I, I'm talking about under, let's say, 80 grams, generally. 80 grams, I was going to say like around 100-ish, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, anything below 100, I'd say, is uh, on the low side, you know? Yeah. Generally, um, and again, this depends on quite a few things, but I'll try and get people to stick to around 80 grams. And if that's too difficult, I certainly don't begrudge them going a little bit higher than that, you know, to around 100 Sure. You know, I think people who are, are more on the active side, even if they're not weightlifting or, or exercising per se, but have more of a rigorous job, then um, on the days that they know is going to be a little more demanding, maybe upping the, the intake just a smidge. Um, yeah, absolutely. Do, yeah. You, do you see? Yeah, because I, I know, um, you know, for myself, I know that if, because I, I do intermittent fasting. I'm glad you brought that up. Because so I, I right now, um, I'm doing, I'm my quote unquote feeding time is between one o'clock and five o'clock. And uh, I know people are probably thinking, holy cow, but I get I get a lot of really, really good nutrient-dense calories in there. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, really, I mean, I, you know, I, I broke my fast today at one o'clock. Um, and then when I came home, right before we hopped from the podcast, I, I pounded a, just probably two cups worth of vegetables. Um, I had a turkey burger with an avocado, and some kimchi so oh, i mean nice. i i just I, I hammered it all down and I, I i don't you know but when i got home i wasn't starving i wasn't like i wasn't dying at all yeah, but again yeah, it takes yeah. you know it takes a lot of practice it takes it takes time you're gonna go i i actually just had a friend i um helped him into it also sent him a bunch of research and everything and you know testing it out he was kind of like oh i still had my my i still had breakfast quote unquote i'm like well i did too but my breakfast was you know four hours later than yours yeah, you know, that, yeah. that's all the breakfast means, you know, if you want to get technical about it. But, um, but anyway, to, not to get off track. So, so yeah. you know, how do you get to that point, to, to that point of being more successful with uh, the paleo diet? Yeah, um, I, I think um, the, the approach is very important because, you know, I mean, this information's out there. Anyone can find this information. What is harder to find is... A framework of putting this into um, into your daily life and in, in making it work, kind of thing. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to name names, but sometimes, you know, you you get a lot of recipes and kind of meal plans and stuff like that, and they've got to be the most technical recipes you could ever dream of. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh definitely. <laughs> so, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and it, it's you know, it's not realistic, so. I, you know, I have a bunch of tips that I'd like to share with your listeners that um, absolutely I, th I think can make the process a lot easier. So uh, starting at the very top, my absolute number one, and, and this goes for not just for dieting, 
um, but also for basically any goal that you want to achieve, is you've got to have a strong why. And I think that's just a huge thing in everything we do. I think you've got to really know why you want to compare there. You've got to really channel the deepest desire that you can come up with. So often, you know, I talked before about spending more time with your kids. And if you can really feel that, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's a weird thing to say, yeah, but if you can really channel that level of desire and really think about it, then that's a strong enough why to make you think, oh, you know, um, you get, when those cravings hit or you have like a, a stressful day or whatever it is, or you come home and you haven't meal prepped, and that, your, your strong why has to carry you through. So that's an important one for me. Um, in addition to that, I think you should also write that why down. You should have a, a written down why that you can visualize, that you can see every day. You know, like some, so you know where you're going. You're laying the map out uh, in front of you. Right. Um, so that that's a big one for me. Having a strong enough why. Um, another one is, and this is very true, mostly for diet, I suppose, but also for other things, and that is burning your bridges behind you. So, for example, when I'm saying, you know, let's cut out refined sugar, let's cut out grains, let's cut out vegetable oil. The easiest way to do that is make sure you can't access them. Just literally throw them in the bin or, you know, maybe give them to a neighbor. If you hate the neighbor, that is. <laughs> I was going to say, if you want to poison your neighbor. <laughs> if they have like a really bad dog or something. Oh, I'm sorry. That's mean. <laughs> give it to them pain in the ass neighbors. Yeah. Uh, um, I was going to go one worse and say give it to charity. But yeah, let's, let's oh. do it. Just spin that crap away, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, you're burning your bridges, you don't have access to that stuff. Do something that is going to mean you can't back out of it. And I guess that brings me on to number three, which is make yourself accountable in some way. Yeah. Um, again, huge. I mean, this is, this is what PTs are for. They make a, you know, you don't want to let them down. If, if you tell other people, yeah, look, I'm, uh, um, I'm going to eat paleo for 30 days or whatever it is. Um, then you have that pressure not to let them down. I think I, I heard a story actually about a woman who wanted to quit smoking or something and she gave cards out to everyone at her work saying you will never see me with another cigarette in my mouth or something like that. I can't remember who it was, but she said that it was a, an incredibly strong motivator and needless to say, she never went back to it. That's awesome. Um, speaking of, of which, with regards to a disturbance, I mean, it really il illustrates my point actually. You know, when people are told something really bad, like they have lung cancer, it's it's not a, an option, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas when we're saying, okay, let's improve our health, let's eat paleo or whatever it is, um, you know, because it's not in front of you, because they, like it's like we wait for the result, we wait for it to happen, and then we think, okay, I'll sort this out now. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Rather than the other way around. Uh, prevention is the cure, as they say. So... Yeah, um, where was I? Accountability, that's a huge one for me. Accountability is massive. Um, absolutely, absolutely. If you have a you know, a husband or a wife or a friend who you can get to be your workout buddy or your diet buddy or whatever it is, that, that, that's huge. That, that'll help a lot. I mean, me and Emery, for example, uh, if one of us is lacking in motivation, which is 99% uh, of the time that's me, the other <laughs> one will drag us both forward kind of thing, so... Yeah, um, uh, what else? Accountability. I mean, another one similar to that is I, I always recommend surrounding yourself with the right people. 
And I, I hear this banded about, and I think it's a difficult one to do. But one thing you can do is you can fill your social media feeds with people who are doing what you want to do. So, you know, if you want to go paleo, fill it with um, paleo bloggers or speakers or whoever. Um, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, if, if you want to start lifting weights, fill it with people who are shredded or I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, so... Yeah, there, there's no reason not to do that anymore, especially and people who want to get started. There are how many podcasts out there about about paleo? I mean, that's exactly how I got started, you know. Yeah, and then, yeah. then and then you just get introduced to that entire world. You know, it goes from him to Mark Sisson to, you know, X Y. I mean, the God, the fat burning man. I can't remember that guy's name off the top of my head, but I mean, there's yeah, Abel James, right? Yeah, Abel James. Yeah, exactly, James. He's the 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 whole community is. It's a lot bigger than you think it is. But mm. it's it's also like it's small it's small because all of those people are so tightly connected, you yeah, know. But yeah. but yeah, that's a really good idea. The the social network. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, another one I, I just thought of as well is um, and, and it's kind of controversial in paleo. Um, but I actually recommend having a, a decent knowledge of macros when you start out. So you know, I mean, uh, we we have we've written about this on our website. And there's posts over there. Um, I don't know if we can link or put them in the show notes or whatever. It sure, might be helpful, yeah. I don't know. Um, but basically, I, I think it's important to know, you know, with this idea of eating fewer carbohydrates and eating higher fat, just having an idea of, you know, how much fat you're actually eating when you have a tablespoon of butter or nine tablespoons of butter, which is probably my day, um, or say carbohydrates, you know. I mean, you don't realize how quick they creep up when you're eating a little bit of potato here, some a banana, an apple, I mean, you know, that's looking at about 70 grams of carbohydrates right there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think having a base knowledge of macros is good and just counting them maybe for the first week or so, not religiously, just getting an idea so you know where you're at. Um, I do it occasionally and I find that some of my macros have creeped out of whack from where I want to be and so it's a good way to just readdress that. First, um, I don't mean to cut you off again, but for someone no, who, who maybe this is you know, their very first time with paleo, like you know, you're you're talking about, can you define what a macro is? Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you know I I'm so guilty of that. Um, just you know, I think I said to you before the podcast, I have a habit of overcomplicating everything, and sometimes you forget. I mean, before you enter this world and before you start, you don't really know what a carbohydrate is, or at least I didn't. I know for sure. Um, yeah, so macros, uh, macronutrients, um, it's just your carbohydrates, your protein, and your fat intake. Right. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we're trying to make, we're trying to eat more fat, which is generally foods like meat, uh, fish, um, nuts, seeds, coconut products, avocados, um, butter. We're trying to eat more of those things and fewer carbohydrates. So things like bread, pasta, cakes, muffins, sugary snacks, and um, and we kind of keep protein low to moderate, I'd say. Um, yeah, so, so that's your macros. I, I would definitely recommend at least gaining a, a reasonable knowledge of macros. I mean, I actually have a, a video series called Paleo for Beginners, which goes into macros a little bit. Like I said, we have the post on the website. And to be honest, you can Google the word macros, and it's all there anyway. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess those are some big tips. I mean, another one as well is continue to educate yourself. And this goes with surrounding yourself with the right people because, 
one thing that motivated me was as I dug deeper and you know I found out how deep the rabbit hole went hmm. it all made more and more sense like you know it it wasn't more yeah well to be honest in some parts it's more complicated but it just you know it fascinated me more and more and it made for example alcohol I've only really reduced my alcohol intake as of about the past 12 months wow. and that that was despite um you know, I mean, it's so obvious. I mean, there's nothing else which we have in excess which makes you wake up feeling in the awful state that you do from alcohol. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, it's crazy. Like, so I was having that effect and some for some reason wasn't putting two and two together. I carried on researching and researching and eventually I heard it enough times that it stuck with me. You know, Mark, this is bad for you. You know, you need to cut it down. So right. anyway, yeah, um, a bit of a if I can make a little shameless plug here, is that all right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, plug away. <laughs> yeah, well, we have a little um, Facebook group, which actually, I mean, it gives you accountability, it surrounds you with the right people, and it gives you education. And basically, this it's called our 30-day challenge group. Um, it's kind of a similar premise to Whole30, but we have our own kind of framework on what foods you should eat and what foods you shouldn't. Um, so basically, yeah, that's just a free Facebook group. Again, maybe, we, I don't know, it, you can find it on the Paleo Castle Facebook page, or we can, I don't know if we can put another link in there, if that's okay. Yeah, we can do that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that, that's just a free group. You know, myself and Emily are, are in there just moderating things, answering questions, and helping people just, it, it's like a community where everyone's kind of helping each other out, you know, just um, helping each other to stick to their goals. People post their meals, people ask questions, and we're trying to build that up, and it's totally free, so if anyone wants to get involved in that, then uh, I encourage you to do so. Definitely. Um, yeah, so th th that's it. Yeah, I mean, there's, that's how I would approach it. Um, I can't really think of any more tips right now. Well, one thing I would really, um, and may maybe you agree or disagree, but to really find what works for you, you know, keep that in mind that, you know, it's there. There are foods. I think when people first get started in it, I know, I know, I did. You know, there was only so many meat and vegetable stir fries that I could possibly freaking eat. And, and it, you know, but that's, that's a super easy way to get started with it. You know, you pick a, pick a, a healthy meat. Um, and you know, when I say healthy, I'm talking about, you know, the way there's a whole other aspect of, um, you know, where your meat comes from and what kind of, um, proteins and vegetables you're eating. But if you pick a, um, a healthy chunk of meat and just, you know, some, a good vegetable source, a very healthy, clean fat source and amp up on the fat source. I mean, it could be as simple as that, but you know, for somebody who, I have friends who eat the exact same meal every single day, okay, which is fine because it works for them, you know, and my wife and I, and I've talked a lot about this, it's all over my Instagram feed and everything else, I, I make uh, three big meals that last us all week long, so yes, we're eating the same three meals all week, but the very next week, we know, number one, we know that our meals are already done. You know, we, we go through a prep yeah. phase, everything's already cooked, but the next week we have three separate meals and, uh, you know, it's just a matter of trying what works for you. And, and I think having all of those foundations that you just mentioned, uh, could definitely help in that process. Um, so yeah. okay. a, a couple of things that we didn't touch on that I, and I, I mentioned the word lifestyle a lot cause there a lot goes into it. Um, yeah. you know, like sleep and exercise. So do you, do you touch on those things? as well yeah absolutely um absolutely I, and you know part of me finds um 
the whole lifestyle thing just more fascinating than the diet thing. Um, you know, I mean, again, it's another crazy one. Like you think of sun exposure. We are absolutely taught to fear the sun. Do you know what right. I mean? Like right, yeah, definitely. Whereas, you know, I, I think um, you put a plant in a cupboard without any light, it'll wither away and die. Do you know what I mean? We need the sun. It's absolutely fundamental to all life on Earth. I, I think every cell in our body has a vitamin D receptor, and that's very rare. And <laughs> and I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here. No, but do it. Tangent away. <laughs> tangent, here I go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you think every cell has a vitamin D receptor, and then the fact that we need vitamin D uh, for cholesterol, kind of my word, I don't know, for cholesterol. <laughs> right. And which is crazy when we think, um, sorry, you need cholesterol for to uh, process the vitamin D. Um, which which is crazy when you're told we're all so focused on lowering our cholesterol, which is a huge, huge misconception. Um, you know, high cholesterol is great as long as you've got the right cholesterol profile. Um Anyway, I'm going to reel this tangent back in. What were we talking about? <laughs> lifestyle. What lifestyle. lifestyle, right, lifestyle, yep. So, yeah, I mean, with, with regards to exercise, um, first of all, you know, with a lot of my clients, I think, again, paleo, it's kind of nice in a lot of ways because I'm not telling them they have to do these crazy CrossFit, super intense, hour-long workouts, and, you know, the, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, arguably, you know, you could say they're not the best in terms of, Maybe they put too much stress on your body, but what oh, I'm all for, whatever you know, effective exercise you enjoy, especially that, with high intensity. That's that's where I would uh, I would go on a tangent. So let's <laughs> <laughs> go on tangent away. <laughs> oh God, don't uh, people would I would I would have so many listeners probably just stop because I've ragged on CrossFit <laughs> for so long. But but no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I get what you're saying. Yeah. No. I mean. I mean. You know. Like. For example, does I, I I play football or soccer to you, and uh, I think that's a pretty primal approved, paleo approved exercise. But yeah, I, yeah. The, to be honest, I always say the imperfect exercise that you do is better than the perfect exercise that you don't do. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, it's really not. It, it's not helpful to stress too much about this, especially when uh, you know we're doing the right thing by moving and jogging or whatever it is. So, yeah. Um. But with with paleo i mean even somebody doesn't exercise it's it's quite an easy entry because the main thing our ancestors did was walk you know i mean they they probably did i think i've heard some anthropological evidence uh, suggesting they did about five to ten miles a, a day um, generally speaking and um whilst we're not going to get to that level i think that's unrealistic you know it, it's a good it's good for people to aim for say five thousand steps a day because a lot of paleo is about not necessarily exercise as much as movement. It's just about right. not being sedentary. And, you know, so for example, if I'm, uh, if I'm working, I, I literally set my timer for every 25, 30 minutes, get up, have a walk around. Well, to be honest, I, I'm usually standing anyway. I put my laptop just on top of a, a set of like, drawers, cupboards kind of thing. Yep. And yeah, I just have a walk around. And so I really try and get them to just, you know, do the little things like, park further away from the supermarket or use the stairs rather than the escalator and to really just embrace this idea of moving more and and you know if they can get that to 5,000 steps or thereabouts then I think that's a really good starting point in addition to this um you know I'm a big fan of lifting weights um 
two years ago, I hadn't the faintest idea with regards to this really, but it's something that, you know, since then I've really got into. And I, I think that has an evolutionary paleo premise as well in terms of, you know, our ancestors probably would have had to, um, they would have had to lift heavy rocks to build shelters. They would have had to lug building materials away from the, the jungle or whatever. They would have had to lug heavy animals home. Uh, you know, I don't think they were strangers to having to lift um, lift a lot, lift heavy weights. Um, so, I, I, you know, I tend to advise if they can get in two lifting sessions per week, then that's great. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I tend to do a few more because I just really enjoy it. And again, I, I don't necessarily do it for the greatest results. Um, certainly, that's not my area of expertise. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I mean, I try and get them lifting a couple of weights at least. And finally, a big one is sprinting. I, I try to get them doing uh, one sprint session at least. You know, you don't have to do it too often. I, I tend to say about once a week or maybe a little bit less. You know, if you miss a week, don't worry about it too much. And um, with those sprint sessions, again, the evolutionary premise for those being that, well, our body is very um, capable of handling that acute stress, that very sharp, quick, you know, running away from a saber-toothed tiger kind of stress. Right. I think we're very, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you're, yeah, yeah, right. I was just going to say, or a, or a small white dog like I have. <laughs> or a small white dog, yeah. Like, whatever um, whatever you're afraid of. Right. Um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, sprinting is, uh, you know, you're building growth hormones. I mean, I, I think I'm right in saying most of those reside in your legs, right? Right. And um, you're, um, you're building mitochondria, which is accelerating the fat burning process. And it's free. It takes, and you know, I, I always say that sprinting doesn't have to be running either. And um, you, you know, you can uh, you can do it on a punch bag if you have access to one of those. Just literally set your timer for say eight seconds and give it everything you've got for eight seconds. I'll use a skipping rope and really again give it everything you've got for eight seconds. Recover, do it again. You know, it, it, these are very kind of stress-free workouts. Yeah, um, it's yeah, yeah. really not placing a lot of stress on the body and personally I like to do kind of calisthenics and mobility stuff as well you know I like to do and I recommend these for people who are interested and also who are um, yeah yeah people who are interested and because anyone can do them because you can progress to them so things like pull-ups and dips and stuff like that um, I must say that I have got the worst core strength I discovered this recently um, I could probably use a few PT sessions if that if he's gonna go in. <laughs> you know, uh, I, no, I, I like I like where you're going with all that because I think um, I think first of all I a hundred percent agree with two uh, strength training uh, sessions a week. I mean, you know, if you can, if you can squeeze if a per, if a beginner can squeeze in two thirty minute um, full body workouts, you know, it doesn't matter as long as they're not back to back. Then I'm a hundred percent on board with that. The moving slowly. More than anything, I think when we think of moving slowly, yeah, okay, when you're going through your workouts, it's one thing. There's you know different different ideas on how fast and how intense the workout should be. But you know, when you're going for a walk, get out and, and move and be in your environment and enjoy what you're doing because everything that you everything that you putting towards that effort should all complement it. Everything that you do in the gym should complement what you do on the outside, yeah. um, and that includes your eating, your sleep. Uh, the whole nine that we were, that you're talking about, and um, you know the the funny thing is, I think when when people start getting locked into this, 
they automatically to kind of go back to the CrossFit thing. They automatically they they kind of put the two hand in hand, which I think is unfortunate because a lot it might scare a lot of people away um, from from that the paleo lifestyle. But yeah. uh, you know they're they're not they're not necessarily the same in in the same breath. But uh, but but yeah, I I'm right on with what everything that you're saying. They uh, it's just a matter of finding what works for you again, and yeah, yeah. And, and going with it. But I think uh, I think you're definitely right on point with all of that. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, along with the the rest and recovery, I I really do think that performance definitely increases, and your nutrition uh, gets you get more bang for your buck with your nutrition if you really focus on that rest time, getting good yeah. good quality sleep, uh, preparing for that as well, just like you're preparing for you know to go to work or for your day there's also preparation that should be done um, with your sleep as well. So do you have any, any tips on that also? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're, you're dead right. I mean, it, it's a funny one, sleep, because kind of pe- people in uh, health circles anyway, we all kind of pay at lip service and say, yeah, yeah, you know, your sleep is equally as important as your diet and your exercise and everything else. But, you know, even myself, I'm sometimes guilty of uh, – neglecting it a little bit no so am I um, yeah 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 it's weird but I mean like you know it, it is equally as important and um, so yeah I mean my uh, I think it's important to um, have a set nighttime kind of wind down routine that you can commit to because otherwise you'll fall into the habit of just paying it lip service in the way that so many people do Um, you know you'll say oh yeah I tried to prioritize my sleep and you know, I make a decent effort at that, but we all, you know, we're all so busy, we all want to do more, and like, you know, I find sometimes that I get into a flow of work late at night, and it's very hard to just call it a day and, and hit the hay. Uh, I'm a poet, and I didn't know it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think having a set nighttime routine is important, and what I would recommend is, first of all, very, very, very easy step that anyone can take is downloading Lux, which is f.lux. Um, have you got that software, Eric? No, f.lux. I think I know what you're talking about, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's like a, basically it adjusts. I'm not sure of the technical terms, um, but it adjusts the hue and the brightness of your laptop screen in accordance uh, with the sunset outside. So basically, it takes two seconds to download and install. It's like one click. Um, and then it's just it's pretty much just on you you put in your zip code or postcode um and it just uh, it comes to you know it, it sets itself to where you are and so literally as the sun sets outside it just kind of fades to a nice ready hue and what that does is basically when we stare at blue lights late into the night this is a big problem because the quality of your sleep is defined by the balance of melatonin the sleep hormone and cortisol the stress hormone and basically, melatonin needs to peak at night so that we have a deep sleep. And what you're doing by looking at these blue lights, um, i.e. your laptop, your phone, your TV, is you're stimulating cortisol late into the night. And um, this can have a dramatic effect on your sleep. I mean, even if you're sleeping for eight hours, you might not be getting necessarily the most restful sleep um, because of this. So basically, F looks, it removes the blue light and it gives... Uh, 
the the cells in your eyes i think go all technical here i think it's the photoretinal ganglion cells might have got that wrong but it could be that I think you got that. me <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's that i'm not 100 percent on that and the receptors on those cells uh find the red light much more satisfying it doesn't raise cortisol in the same way so certainly downloading f dot looks it's called it's called flux but it's 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 weird it's like f dot looks i don't know why but if you just type in flux into google i'm sure that will come up uh next thing is I wear those goofy-looking UV blue blockers. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I I just (laughs) mentioned to my wife the other night, like, yeah, you think we should get some of those? Because we keep our house at night, we keep it pretty um, dimly lit to begin with. We turn turn a lot of the lights off and things like that. And then, you know, uh, but, you know, if we're watching TV until 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night, and then we're going to bed, you know, within 20, 30 minutes after that, um, and and to, to tack on what you were saying before, I'm, I use all Mac stuff, so I was looking at my Mac, and there's the little sandwich tab in the right-hand corner you can click, and uh, you can go to, let's see, notifications today. If you scroll down, it gives me a night shift option oh, on there, yeah, yeah. so I can actually click it, and, and it makes the, the screen dim, and you can also set that to turn on at a certain time, and this is not a joke. I know it sounds like BS, but 100% it's not. When I click that on when I click that night shift on my phone and my laptop and I'm actually looking at it, my eyes feel so less stressed. Yeah. I mean yeah. I feel I'm not joking, like I feel like this relaxation of eye, my eyes just going, Oh, like I just took a deep breath. Yeah. And, uh, wow. and, I, and I asked my wife about them, like, Does it yeah, try it, do it to you and she's like, No, I don't know what you're saying. But you know, it's <laughs> but I mean I you know, maybe I have maybe I don't know, my eyes are unique snowflakes and are super sensitive, but um, I just, I feel, I feel a difference in my eyes, which I can only imagine, um, is affecting overall sleep and everything else at night. But uh, tell me more yeah. about the glasses. Cause I'm very interested in that. Yeah. Well, I no, I think, uh, first of all, I, I agree with what you're saying because I, I have the same thing. Sometimes, um, I'll read my Kindle during the daytime and I'll put the brightness up and then, you know, I go to switch it on at night and it's the worst thing in the world because the brightness is right up. Um, so yeah, I think I know what you're talking about there. Um, but as for the blue blockers, UV blockers, whatever you want to call them, um, yeah, you know, I, as soon as the sun's down, generally I'll put them on. But what you might find is that you, you could be a little bit lazy at first about wearing them, but I've actually got into the habit recently of putting them on all the time. Uh, I don't have them on now, so that's not true, but I will <laughs> put them on after this podcast. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I've got into the habit and I do feel more refreshed and, you know, it makes sense uh, that I would feel that way. I mean, especially if you have a lot of work to do or, you know, most of my, most of my books are on my Kindle. So, you know, I, I, uh, I need it for that. And especially if, you know, you uh, are on your phone late at night. But that leads me to the phone thing as well, actually. That's another one. I try to put my phone on flight mode at least two hours before I'm, I intend to be asleep, if that makes sense. Um, the reason, reason for this is because, I, you know, I mean, I think it just, it sends a message that you're disconnected, that you're offline, that, you know, you're ready to sleep. And to the same degree, I also have a kind of wind down routine of just making sure the TV's off early, making sure that I'm just in bed, not necessarily with the intention of falling straight asleep. I'm not trying to just crash out. I'm trying to just lie there, contemplate the day, let my mind catch up a little bit, and then, you know, just fall asleep um, kind of gently. 
Um, although, as I said, I, I do tend to have a little read in bed. Um, but if I can do that with a book, I prefer it because then you're not having exposure to any light. But the blue block, uh, the blue blockers are a decent compromise there. So yeah, uh, just to summarize that, I mean, I think um, if you can turn your phone off early, I think that sends the right signals to your mind that you know it's time to wind down. I think if you can find something, um, I don't know, you can find something that you enjoy in the <laughs> in the previous half an hour before bed. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe you just like to read. Maybe you just like to sit and contemplate. Maybe you like to talk to your partner or who knows, whatever. Um, something like that is really good. And, you know, you will feel, um, your, your listeners will certainly feel the difference of doing that. Um, another one is I like to drink magnesium. Um, which, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's something that Emily um, got me on. And again, I find I have a more restful sleep uh, drinking that. I also experimented recently with 5-HTP. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Yep, I've done those before. But yeah. With that. yeah, and um, I was told that if you eat two before bed, you have particularly vivid dreams. And I can attest to that. That's true. No, insane uh, vivid dreams. You've had that too? <laughs> yeah, because I, I used to take a supplement called um, Alpha Brain from, from oh, Onnit. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah. and I'm a big proponent of it, but uh, I, I just for some reason, you know what I, I've been doing in the morning, instead of taking Alpha Brain, I'm doing uh, what's called quote-unquote bulletproof coffee, so I'll take uh, grass-fed butter with some MCT oil and then pour coffee over it and just mix that up. And yeah. I'm not kidding. Like I, I feel just, I'm like zooming for, for the morning and it, you know, it, it kind of <laughs> suppresses any kind of hunger that I might think I have. And, but no, the, the five HTP, um, they have a, I'll, maybe I'll link it in the notes. Um, there's a couple of different supplements that if people are interested in trying for their sleep or for just, you know, some cognitive enhancement in general that, um, on it makes and it's, they're phenomenal, but they, I get, oh. But I take that before bed, within like 30 minutes before I go to bed, I have, it's not like, you know, freaky, scary dreams or anything, but I wake up and I remember everything that happened and the dream itself is extremely, extremely crystal clear. It's really, oh, wild. Wow. it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, um, I... Years ago, I tried to learn how to lucid dream, you know, so like when you're asleep, um, it's the process of realizing you're in a dream and then, you know, the world's your oyster when you're in a dream, right? So, um, and there's a few triggers you can do to do that. So one is looking at your hands a lot. And so basically, if you get into the habit of looking at your hands every so often, um, it's basically look at your hands and say, I'm awake. And then the theory goes, and it does It does work because I actually managed to do this once. When you're asleep, you look at your hands and say, am I awake? You'll realize that you're not awake. But it's kind of like meditation. When you realize that your mind is clear, your mind isn't clear. So when you realize you're dreaming, you freak out and then you wake up. So lucid dreaming is the process of um, getting to that point and sustaining the dream. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, I can imagine if you mastered that and took some 5-HTPs before bed, it would make nighttime a lot more interesting. Oh my gosh, no, you just couldn't, you probably couldn't wait to go to bed. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, yeah. You're running to bed. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that just about sums up my uh, sleep tips. Um, You know, I I don't think, with with the Bulletproof Coffee, I'm also a big proponent of that. You know, I mean, it's perfect when uh, you're fasting, I think. I I also have the brain octane oil. I actually had some before this podcast just to make my mind nice and clear. So, 
yeah, um, I, I think that's just about it with sleep. I think that's everything that I pretty much do. So the brain octane, is that through, um, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, Dave Asprey? Yeah, Dave Asprey. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened, yeah, I listened, yeah. I literally just started listening to his podcast probably just a few days ago, honestly. Um, yeah. There's, I mean, I, I've known of him for a very long time, but I listened to so many freaking podcasts. It's just like, what, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, it. how much more info? <laughs> but I mean, you know, when you like the stuff, when you like the content, then you're just going to consume it. So, but, uh, so I think I might, I might actually get some of that. One thing I did want to cycle back to was the UV blocker glasses. Is there a certain oh, yeah. brand or something that, that people should look for in when they're looking at those? Because I did a quick um, Amazon search while you were talking about them, and there's so many different kinds, but most of them just look like regular glasses. So is there any, are there any specific uh, yeah. ones? Um, to be honest, mine came from a website. In, I lived in Australia for a year, for a year okay. and they were from a website um, called Optimals. That's Optimals. Uh, to, it, it may not be the most useful thing because you'd have to ship it from Australia anyway. And I think there'll be American companies doing it. I presume most of your listeners are American, I guess. Um, yeah, well, they're, yeah, they're all over the place, but mostly I think so. Um, I, yeah, if you're in Australia, I'd look into Optimus. So that's just Optim as in optimistic and then Optim OZ. Uh, and that's .com.au. Um, I would also, as for recommendations i can't remember what mine are to be honest and i think and again this is just a kind of i i don't have too much to go on here i i think that there isn't too much difference i think you'd probably be as long as you know if there's a pair for like five dollars then maybe they're not the real mccoy kind of thing yeah there's a bunch of them out there like that yeah i mean i paid 26 dollars for mine i think which works out about 15 English pounds, which I think is about $20 American, roughly, something like that. Yeah. So I think you want to be paying around $20 for those, um, and then you know you're getting the right thing. But um, I would say, you know, I would imagine Dave Asprey probably has a recommendation on this, or maybe Ben Greenfield, I know he uses them. Uh, even Mark Sisson or Rob Wolf, yeah, I would Mark imagine they probably yeah. use them too. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know... Um, I, I guess I would look for their recommendations, especially in the U.S. Um, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, because I'm looking online, and there's there's some from $1.99, and I'm looking at a pair right now that are 150 bucks. And, and Melissa, if you're listening right now, don't worry. I did not buy them. <laughs> I'm just looking, but they look they look pretty dope. Like, they've got, like, these buy leather. They, stop it, because it buy will ha- stop it right now. Apple Pay is so freaking <laughs> easy. It's so dangerous. Um, they got these leather leather straps that kind of cover uh, your peripheral vision, and then the rest yeah. of it's kind of hooked around you. Oh, these things are pretty. These things are pretty sick. You'd look wish, so cool in those things. God, what are you doing? This is terrible. Mark. You're a really good. You're a really good friend. I'll tell you. That. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, they're um. So yeah, okay, cool. So I'll just I'll you know the the I was gonna try to link some, but. You know, if everybody just looks up UV blocker glasses, there's a ton that uh, that pop up. So, um, yeah, you know, search, so. I, uh, do do a search, and I'm sure you'll find something you're looking for. I think I'm gonna go ahead and actually purchase some myself. But, um, yeah. well, cool, man. Well, what other? You get a lot of information. What other kind of uh, things are are you guys working on, you and Emily? Oh, dude. Um, yeah. So um, the big thing for us at the minute, we have the free Facebook group, which I mentioned earlier. Um, I'm enjoying working with that. That's looking really, that, that's really fun to be a part of. And 
just helping people every day with that. Um, the big thing for us at the minute is we've moved into one-on-one coaching. We're enjoying that supremely, both of us. Um, I, I honestly, um, I think that's because, I, as I mentioned earlier, there's so many nuances to diet and health. I do prefer to work one-on-one and really dive in, make someone accountable and have them set a goal and just have them achieve it. I'm sure you appreciate that process being a PT. Yep, definitely. Um, so, yeah, um, for your listeners, um, I'm willing to do a, a discount, you know. Um, basically, if anyone wants to take advantage of any of the products on our website, that's paleocastle.com, um, just if it's the coaching, just mention. We, we'll have a little pre-consult that's totally free just to find out where you're at and what you where you want to go. And um, just mention that you heard, you know, you listened to Fitness Candor um, and, you know, we, we can sort that out. Otherwise, I'm setting up a code, uh, the same thing, Fitness Candor, for our six-week program. Um, again, you can just take 10% off that. And that's just a six-week online program which guides you from A to Paleo, um, from having a regular diet, wanting to improve your health but not really understanding Paleo, to it gives you steps that you can implement, actionable steps, and gradually guide you into a Paleo diet. So either for the coaching or for the six-week program, you can uh, help yourself to a discount on those. I'd also, yeah, like I said, I'd love your listeners to get involved in our free Facebook group. So that's what we've got going on at the moment. Really enjoying it. It's all good. Well, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. And I definitely, you know, people reach out and obviously there's so much information out there. You know, people think that, and, and people can, some people can jump online and just find what they need and they can get after it. But if you are looking for someone to hold you accountable and to, and to learn just from the, basically like, it's like a, like a. A, what is it? A, a couch to 5K program for paleo, basically. If you're if you're just extremely, you're lost. You don't know where to go. You don't know how to do it. You're sitting on the couch and you want to run that 5K. You want to get all into it. Then uh, something like Paleo Castle is definitely the route to go. So yeah, uh, I appreciate you. that, and I'll leave that also in the show notes so people can take advantage of that. Mark, um, I've taken a ton of your time, and I really appreciate you, you know, doing this and. And sharing your knowledge with everybody, especially something that I'm also extremely passionate about. Um, I, the thing I've been doing lately is asking people before we get off the the line is to share their favorite quote. So if you have a favorite quote, it could be from anybody. Ooh. Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. Whoa. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's from like Emily, or you know, it, it, if you have a favorite quote from Mark Sisson or uh, Rob mm. Wolf or somebody like that, if you want to share it, that'd be great. Okay. There's no, one, no pressure. No. <laughs> <laughs> tick tock, tick tock. Okay. My favorite quote is, if you see something on Amazon, no matter what the cost, go for it because it could be the blue blockers of your dreams. No, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> That's low. Oh, that is low. <laughs> Sorry. I, oh, no. I'll drop that, that subject before I get um, you and myself into trouble. Thanks. Um, yeah, so... Um, Favorite quote, the one that sprung to mind, oh, you know, I mean, I could talk all day about this, um, was when, when, oh man, I can't even think of the quote, I'm going to butcher it. Give it your best go. When, when we fail, when we succeed, we party, when we fail, we ponder. Oh, wow. And it basically is my way of saying, look, don't worry if you mess something up, use that, that's where inspiration comes from, everybody messes up 
the key is to be persistent and to find that persistence and keep going and you know think about it ponder it and work it out and come out of the other side that's huge man seriously i i like that one a lot um because i, I I've had this conversation with other people before on the podcast and my, my personal training clients that, you know, if they come in and they say, man, you're going to be so disappointed. Like, first of all, no, I'm not. And number two, wherever you are right now, okay, you cannot go backwards. I get it. You can't go back to that time where, you know, you didn't eat that cheeseburger or whatever it is. But what you can do is recognize where you are right now and then move forward. Yeah. Right. That's it. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah, that, that's a that's a great that's a great uh, quote. I like it. So, um, thank you. I'm not sure who to attribute that to. <laughs> it's, it's floating t- around. Take it for somewhere. yourself. Just take it for yourself yeah, right I, now. I, that's I, from, Mark from Mark Whelan. That's it. Ha, you know, dash Mark Whelan. That's it. Or give it yeah, to Emily. Yeah. Like you know, you probably you might want to do that with all the uh, with all the Amazon yeah. buying you're gonna do later. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah yeah i think you're right <laughs> well, again mark I, I appreciate it and i hope you have to have you on again maybe uh, emily can join us next time and, and share her story and some insight also so i'll link yeah, everything well, to the show notes and everybody i urge you to go out check out paleocastle.com and mark we'll uh, we'll talk to you very soon awesome thank you so much for having me i've really enjoyed it thanks for listening don't forget to rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts if you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show Get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.